0: 2017 the year of more of the
1: monkeys what number is this Jim? episode 77 color cast commentary for the episode monkeys in the ring birth of an accidental hipster comes out a winner and more <laughs> okay you know I mean? like, don't get excited man it's because i'm short i zilch, zilch, zilch.
2: you're listening to zilch a monkeys podcast
1: Welcome to your podcast, Full of Monkeys. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts here today. And today I'm joined by Sarah Clark. Hey, everybody. And I'm also joined by Christine Wolf. Hi, guys. Wow, wow, wow. It never lets up. Here we are in monkey world. In 2017, we made it. Woo! Yeah. It was looking like 2016 was claiming all the victims it could, but we got past it, so here we are. And looking forward to 2017, come what may... Always with a positive outlook on life, because that's the only way to be. On today's episode of Zilch, we're going to be doing the color cast commentary for Monkeys in the Ring with Jeff Hewlett and Melanie Mitchell. They'll be doing that today, and we'll put our own little thoughts and spin on that as well, right?
3: Absolutely.
1: But first, let's get into a little bit of Monkeys news. We know the guys are never people to just take time off right
3: yeah they're they don't workaholics you, right
1: yeah these guys don't know how to rest i know that mike's got some cool stuff coming up he's got a book tour coming up right
4: yeah, yeah. that's coming up i think in april starting then
1: mm-hmm. and mickey and his band have announced some some gigs coming up i see that uh, they're doing kent state which is a great venue i've i've seen shows there before and i know that angel Llewellyn and Judith Supple-Hadlock will be attending those, and along with many other Zilch listeners, so we're going to try to... I believe Cindy
3: Large is going to be there, yes, too. Yes,
1: yes, Cindy Large is going to be there, so it's, it's going to be a fun Zilch meet-up there as well, so I'm sure we'll have buttons there, so life will be good for everybody. But the thing is, is that the monkeys never seem to... Uh, take too much time off so I know that all three of the guys are cooking something up for 2017 so it's it's with great hope that we look forward to all that plus there's this company called Rhino that even though the original 50th anniversary there's plenty of 50th anniversary stuff coming up this year yep.
4: that's right
1: a lot of opportunities for John Hughes to say things like wouldn't that be something so, <laughs> so we and have- would
4: we deny him that opportunity
3: not no. at all Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> Always roll out the red carpet for John. This is a hint if you have anything to tell yes, us. Right. Hint, hint.
1: <laughs> and, you know, it was neat seeing a lot of people over the holidays post that they had uh, purchased the Blu ray set.
4: There were a lot of cool monkey gifts yeah. that we got to see albums and books and Blu rays and mer- merchandise of all stripes. It was great. Yeah, it was fun watching
3: the feed those days after Christmas when everybody was posting about their booty. <laughs> and Hanukkah. Yeah. Yes, and Hanukkah. Yeah, there's some great Hanukkah gifts too.
1: And uh, believe it or not, we saw someone post a monkey shower curtain, a good time show. A good time
4: show? Well, who that? doesn't want to have good times in the show? No, don't edit, edit that out, please. <laughs> family oh, show, gone. family show. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into monkey's news too much, I want to talk about, like, what are you into this year so far? I know that for myself, I recently picked up. The Best of Voice and Heart, which is a pretty cool Greatest Hits compilation. And I also picked up the Hamilton soundtrack. So, woo Yeah. And I've been listening to Kiss music from the Elder a lot, which, Sarah, because you got me turned on to Hamilton, you're going to have to listen to Kiss music from the Elder.
4: Okay. Sarah, you really, you really need to hear that. It's, it's actually pretty cool. I will right. do this.
3: That sounds lovely. I, I, I had been bugging Ken for a while that he needed to check out Hamilton. And it's like, I'm not a musical person. I'm not a musical person. But yeah, then he loved it.
1: So. Mm-hmm. So what are you listening to monkeys wise?
3: Well, I've been listening to Birds, Bees and the Monkeys a lot lately because we used to do this thing called album commentaries. And I'm sort of hoping that now that it's the year after the year of the monkeys, we might be getting into them a little bit more.
1: Well, not only are we going to be getting into them a little bit more, I, I'm hoping that we get all the albums done this year.
3: I think that is a noble and achievable goal. Wouldn't that
1: be something? Yes, it would. So be on the lookout for future Zilch episodes about the albums proper. We're going to fire up the Zilch roundtable and talk about all of the albums. So this is going to be a fun year. It's definitely going to be great. So a monkey's news... Birth of an Accidental Hipster wins the fan pool for Coolest Song of 2016.
4: Woohoo! That's right. Over on uh, um, Little Stevens, Underground Garage. Yes. And not only did that win, but they announced that it won with the largest vote ever in their poll. That's pretty awesome.
1: The largest voter turnout ever for a song. But the thing is, is that I don't think it was just monkeys fans. I think it just speaks to how great that song actually is. You know, I
4: agree. In fact, over especially over on the Twitter feed, um, seeing a lot of feedback to Underground Garage's Twitter. There were uh, other artists who were further down the list saying, congratulations to the Monkees. Uh, if we had to be beaten, uh, we're happy that it was by them. Aww. I mean, it was, it was a lot of love given. That was great. Mm-hmm.
1: Agreed. Just, just fantastic. Now, what's going on with the Ultimate Classic Rock reader pull? Because I know that that's been something that the Monkees have been doing very well in. You know how they say about the Academy Awards that it was just an honor to be nominated? You know that, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. Ultimate classic rock reader pull to, to think that the monkeys are in there. <laughs> it just blows my mind. You know, that's uh, that's pretty, pretty cool.
4: Yes. And in multiple categories, too.
1: Yes. And uh, how is it going right now as as of this recording?
4: Yeah, as of today's recording, there are a couple days left uh, for the voting, but the album Good Times is currently in second place for Album of the Year behind Paul Simon, and actually ahead of David Bowie's Black Star. Wow.
3: Uh,
4: Me and Magdalena as Song of the Year is in the lead with more than 50% of the total votes, which is amazing um and they're also in the running for artist of the year um they are in third place behind both paul simon and axel rose but that's you know it's still pretty good third place so not not a shabby showing in any of those categories
1: not too shabby at all you know, for a band that was counted out as nothing but a gimmick band or a uh, TV show band or not a real band,
4: a fake band, right?
1: Yeah, they're definitely showing what they're about, and it's it's great that the Monkees fans are showing what they're about too. So, uh,
4: you know, speaking of what they're all about, just uh, just in the last day, over on the Zilch Facebook page, a really cool thread has popped up. Um, one of the younger Monkees fans put out there, "Hey, who? Where are the teenage fans here?" Yeah. And that thread has just blown up. There's, there's so many people weighing in saying, "Oh, I'm 15." Well, I'm 13. Well, I'm 18. And, and you know, they're just going on and on about how they came to find the Monkees, how much they love the Monkees. It's, um, you know, for somebody like me who was a first-gen fan. And who found them around that same age, a little younger. Um, you know, it's it's encouraging to know that the younger generations are are picking up on them and that the legacy is gonna live on. I think that's pretty
1: awesome.
3: The future looks bright for monkeys fans.
1: I liked what Davey Meredith had to say that he had socks holder <laughs> a-
3: Yeah. Right? Yes.
1: <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> Well, I normally don't play songs this early in the show, but in honor of Birth of an Accidental Hipster winning the fan poll for Coolest Song of 2016 in Little Steven's Underground Garage, here are the Monkees live with Birth of an Accidental Hipster from the Monkees playing at the Pantages Show in Los Angeles, California, 2016. that was a very cool performance right there. And yep. it's uh, always great to hear the monkeys live.
3: Never gets old.
1: Right. And uh, we want to send a special shout out and let you know that you should go over to visit cool cherry cream over at the sunshine factory, which mm-hmm. is a really neat monkeys related website. And there's so much fun and we, we want to have her on the show at some point soon, Yeah, but she has been uh, updating her image library with high-def stills from yeah. the Blu-ray set. And yeah. they really look good, don't they?
3: Oh, they're oh, gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, I was over there the other day. I was posting some sort of admin thing. and People don't read what we have to say unless we, like, put a picture of the monkeys on there. So I always try to find a... Relevant scream grab from Cool Cherry Cream when I need to post something. And um, I was just kind of going myself just looking at page after page of the uh, Blu-ray kind of upgraded photo she's gotten. If you haven't dropped by her uh, website it recently, you really need to.
1: And what's yeah. the name of that website?
4: monkeys.coolcherrycream.com and you know not only are there screen grabs images but there's transcripts of a lot of the episodes there are lyrics There, you know, they have search features so it, there's a lot a lot of great information um, just to if you're looking for something specific it's probably there and if you're just looking for a fun way to spend a few minutes or hours going down a, a monkey hole that would be a great Place to to visit. Yeah, absolutely.
3: And I know Melanie used it um, a fair bit with, as one of her resources when she was writing Monkey Magic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, right. You owe it to yourself to check out monkeys.coolcherrycream.com. And in other monkeys' news, we have some news about Davy's Angels. Correct, Christine. Yeah, that's right. Um, they came
4: out of the gate in uh, 2017 with some cool new news. For those who aren't familiar with Davie's Angels, they started about three years ago as a support group for DJEMF, the Davy Jones Equine Memorial Foundation, who cares for Davie's Herd. Davie's Angels has taken up the task of coordinating group sponsorships for the horses and they announced at the beginning of the year that they have some honorary sponsors that are joining Mickey and Donna Dolan's who have been sponsors for years this year, Peter and Pam torque are new honorary sponsors for Devin Jones. Wayne Avers is another new honorary sponsor. He is sponsoring Billy Jones and the lovely Ann Moses from tiger beat is an honorary sponsor for Regal Jones. And pay attention and stay tuned, Zilch Nation. There may be some cool news coming soon about how you can get involved with Zilch to sponsor as well. Wouldn't that be something?
1: Hmm. It will be. And 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 I love how like Mickey and Donna are sponsoring DJ. Jones and
4: yes woo-hoo. yes absolutely
1: and Devin Jones and all all the horses have names so yes so they that's do that's cool right them. so <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of cute but
4: uh so for anybody who is interested in possibly donating to the DJEMF, simply go to djemf.com and check out how you can give a
1: one-time donation And now it's time to jump into the monkey's mailbag. Ready?
3: Always. Ready.
1: Okay. Sarah, I believe you have a lovely email from one of our lovely ballerinas.
3: (laughs) Yes, I do. Uh, It starts, Happy New Year, Ken. I don't know if you remember me, but I'm the ballet dancer from Irvine, California, who can't get enough of zilch. Or of the monkeys, for that matter, but I guess that would be a given. I know I had sent you my heartfelt kudos last year, all of which still apply, but I feel compelled to send a follow-up message to this effect. I guess this could be entitled, More of the Heartfelt Kudos. Suffice it to say, I've been eagerly keeping up with your podcast episodes and re-listening to past ones, ever awestruck by the dedication and hard work you and the other Zilchers continue to put forth in creating such a vibrant program, to say nothing of the growing activities by the Zilch community outside of the recording studio. More and more, I'm feeling a genuine sense of family with all of you, but not just because of the familiarity that comes through repetitive listening rather because of the love and warmth you exemplify in your words, and the obvious care you put into each show. You are clearly a rare, sensitive, and generous spirit, and while I personally light up each time you remind us that this podcast, this gathering of like minds, is proof that we are not alone. I can imagine how such reassurances would be even more comforting to those who may not be so fortunate as to have a significant other, friends, family, etc., with whom to share their musical and TV interests. It just touches my heart to think that this podcast has come to serve a purpose far beyond merely discussing and celebrating everything that is the monkeys. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for your ongoing devotion to this amazing project and look forward to great enthusiasm with the, to the new year and whatever next episodes come down the pipeline. Keep up this wonderful work. It is appreciated beyond any words I can Express, brightest blessings, Eva Marie Pilipov Swires, Irvine, California.
1: Well, gosh, thank you, wow. Eva Marie. That is amazing.
4: That, 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 I'm a little misty-eyed. Make, yeah, my heart is about to just explode out of my chest. That's so lovely. You might want to get that looked at. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see it quite clearly from here. So. There you go. The,
1: the, the, <laughs> Well, thank you, Eva Marie. That uh, seriously, that that touches us all here, and we really want you to know that we appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, we're just doing the best that we can, and this this project goes on. And you know how we talked about 2016 being year of the monkeys, right? Well, 2017 is more of the year of the monkeys. You know, since we already have more of the monkeys as our uh, template. Oh, and
3: it's the 50th anniversary of that album, too.
1: 2017, the year of the monkeys, part two. And while we're in the monkeys mailbag, I'd like to give a special Zilch shout out to Zilch listener and Zilch Facebook page user, Jeff McLaughlin. And uh, a while back, I threw out on the Facebook page. If if there was anybody who had a list of all the songs from each album that have not yet been performed. And he made a nice little compilation using Andrew's book and the Monkey's Live Almanac as his resources. And it was really, really cool. And uh Yeah,
4: that was a great list. I, yeah.
1: I, I, I truly appreciate that. We want to keep mm-hmm. that updated. And frankly it would be cool if the guys would uh use that as developing set list uh down the road. They could uh you know, say, well, there's another one down. You know, yeah, that's
4: right. <laughs> Quick, get it over to Andrew.
1: <laughs> Take it as a challenge. That that was pretty neat. So today on Zilch, we're going to do the color cast commentary for the episode "Monkeys in the Ring." You're a good boy, and
0: I like a good boy. Oh, thank you very much. Can I have a cookie? No, no, you don't understand, kiddo. You've got the greatest right hand I ever seen.
1: I'm going to make you the next featherweight champion of the world. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I want to kind of get your general thoughts on this episode. Sarah, what do you think of Monkeys in the Ring?
4: I
3: enjoy it. It's kind of one of those classic season one episodes where... It's just the guys kind of at their peak as far as chemistry between them as actors and it's just a lot of fun to watch them bounce off each other. I particularly uh liked the sort of uh homage to Muhammad Ali that they worked in there too. Mm-hmm. That that yes. was a lot of fun and it 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 uh adds kind of an amusing uh level to that
4: episode. So
1: Christine, your thoughts on Monkeys in America?
4: Yeah, exactly. It was it was the perfect timing in their filming. I think they had found a rhythm. They were not yet bouncing off of the walls and and kind of um, uh, being bored with the whole process. I think like they they demonstrated toward the end of the second season, and it was it really allowed Davy to shine in a way beyond the the cute heartthrob yes. or the you know the the stars and the eyes he had a different look in his eyes in in this episode he was he was a force to be reckoned with and uh i thought it gave him a chance to kind of flex some uh acting muscle that he hadn't had yet in the in the series so it was really a fun one to watch Mm -hmm.
1: plus he gets knocked out a lot
4: (laughs) and we discovered that Peter is a great shadow for Davy, right? When he's shadow boxing, isn't that Peter as his shadow? It looks like him.
1: Huh. I have to keep an eye check out for that.
4: You. Out. Oh. Well, I check out the hair. I know Davy's hair is a little longer um, in this episode, but I think that's Peter.
1: Mm. Huh. Just, well, speaking of the knockouts, and uh, Davy gets knocked out four times in this this episode. Oh. So. Wow. Uh, and uh, you know, you mentioned Peter. This is the first time that we see him strumming a, a banjo in yes. the television show.
4: Now, come on, fellas. I'm just going on a simple boxing tour. I'll be all right, Mike. Okay.
0: But well, listen, man. You're going to be going to a lot of strange cities. And there's always one hotel. There's a lot of gambling and drinking. And a lot of fast women. And a lot of loose
1: talk. You know what you do when you get to town? Find that hotel. You'll do fine.
4: And the next thing I know.
1: <laughs> so, so this was the very first time we saw Peter play a banjo. So that's right.
4: Cool. Yep. very
1: cool. I always thought that this episode, you know, after I saw Head on that late night showing of of Head mm-hmm. on CBS back in the seventies, yep. it always reminded me of this episode. You know, oh for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because it 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 almost looks like it's the same thing. It's it this it almost seems like an uh, an expanded version of this.
4: Mm-hmm. And 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 kind of turned on its ear too, right. though, right? Because even yeah. though Davey, you know, he gets knocked out and uh but but in the in the episode in the movie, though, he's really taken a beating, right? Yeah. Um, so, I, yes, I think this was uh, – in the movie, I think it was um, – uh, oh, jeez. I, th- I think it was uh, Rafelson's kind of attempt to blow up that monkey TV show mystique uh, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit with something that was familiar to the viewer. Yeah. yeah. Could
1: be. And, you know, Mickey's disguised as Papa, right? And at one point he says, think of your hands, your beautiful hands. You'll never play the violin again. Uh-huh. Davey says, I don't play the violin.
0: Right. Yep. Please, my boy, listen to your papa. Don't go in the ring. Don't be a fighter. Think of your hands, your beautiful hands. You'll never play the violin again. But I don't play the violin.
2: You
1: could
0: learn. You can learn.
1: <laughs> but there's a scene in the movie Head where he does actually play that violin, even though he's miming to a soundtrack. What?
4: (laughs) Mind blown.
1: But it's uh, kind of a trip.
4: I used to be quite a scrapper at school, you know. There was this one big bully always used to be picking on me. So one day I went one more with the right and one more with the left. What what happened? She never bothered me again. (laughs)
1: So, as always, we have some songs that are in this episode, and they are Laugh. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. And Back Upon My Feet. Yes. What do you think of Laugh, Sarah?
3: I think it's an okay song. I've never liked it as much as some. Um, I remember when we did the More of the Monkeys album commentary, I don't remember who it was who kind of thought it was a little bit low energy, I'm, I'm thinking that might have been Jeff, it's been a long time since I've listened to that episode, but I, I kind of have to agree on that one. I mean, I like the concept of it, but it's just, I don't know, the delivery doesn't do it for me.
1: Christine?
4: I kind of like it, actually. Um, of course, I am I always look at it through the mind's eye of nine-year-old me. Um... Oh, yeah, I liked it when I
3: was nine. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, I still like my my teddy bears, you know, so I can't I can't diss them too much. Uh, it's it's not one of my favorite tracks, but it's not one of my least either. Um, I think it's I think it's a cute little song for what it is. Yeah, yeah. And the and the the message is great, right? Oh, totally, totally. Don't don't let things get you down. Laugh. Well,
1: that's a good message, but I just really don't like this tune. Oh ha 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 <laughs> ha 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 ha. Uh, yeah, yeah, see it, it just it's yeah, much
4: it, like a dirge. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's
1: it's not one of my favorites, and I don't think it's ever been performed live. So yep. there we
4: go. According to Jeff McLaughlin's list, it has not.
1: Correct, correct. On the other hand, I'll Be Back Upon My Feet was played live. Yes. And here are the monkeys from nineteen ninety-seven with I'll Be Back Upon My Feet. Thank you, music lovers and everybody else Next, so. here's a song that you heard on the TV show many times clap your hands
0: I'll be back above my scene in the grassy street like a kiss <laughs> say goodbye about a sheep don't worry
3: Wow!
1: So what do you think of that song, Sarah?
3: I like the song. I like the TV version of it better than the one they released later with all the horns and all that sort of thing. Yes. I uh, I don't think I'd ever heard this live version,
4: so it was interesting to hear that as well. So.
3: Yeah. Christine?
4: Unlike Laugh, I'll Be Back Upon My Feet is probably one of my favorite tracks. Up, I mean, it's, it's way up there in their catalog oh, for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Mickey's vocal, as as always, it's it's great and uh, it's a fun song.
1: To me, it always sounded like a uh, gum commercial. To me, Chuli's da da da, gum, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. But uh, if if this were a single that were released to the public, which would be the A side?
4: Between laugh and
1: I'll be back. Oh, in, or in your opinion,
4: I'll be back. I'll be back upon my feet. Okay. Sure.
1: There you go. Keep in mind that I'll be back upon my feet would be released on um, the Birds, the Bees, and the Monkeys, so it'd be a while before uh, folks would even have a chance to purchase it. Right. So, yep. I know that for some reason I didn't have the Birds, the Bees, and the Monkeys growing up. That was the one album that I didn't seem to oh. have. That and Changes. Okay. You know, all, it, pretty much I had the first like four albums and, right. You know, and the occasional Greatest Hits kind of a thing, but it was it was kind of a rarity to me until Uh, you know much later
4: i have to give a shout out to my sister vicky who uh was the original collector of all of their albums and by the time i got my mitts on them i mean by the time she graciously allowed me to acquire them for my own (laughs) the entire catalog was there so Mm -hmm. i i i never had a time when i didn't have them all and uh you know I, I'm sitting here kind of singing that singing i'll be back upon my feet in my head now the line that I've always loved it's, it's so iconic of the 60s to me is when I find my boots I know I gotta go yeah, yeah mine too to me, everybody had boots all the boys all the guys had boots in the 60s didn't they right you know find my boots I know I gotta go
1: uh so so then did your sister have like head and you know oh clothes
4: yeah clothes absolutely um everything that was as it was released she got it so like uh, you know even changes we yes oh i i have the headquarters beard uh, edition um the it's it's not in this great shape now but by the time i got it the uh, head soundtrack the mylar was almost pristine it was great it was great yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um the the monkey's greatest tits, that black and orange or dark brown and orange cover. We ha- yeah, I had that one too. Yep.
1: Wow, you were blessed beyond measure. These oh. were things that were like science fiction to me. I had Yes. I remember yeah. going to the library and seeing like you know, instant replay and monkeys presents and uh, changes, and I'm like, what is this? You know, <laughs> I, it, Yeah. wow. So, in yeah.
4: fact, yeah, because I I remember my my inner uh, OCD nerd person. I had to make sure that I was meticulously putting them, storing them in release date order. Ah. <laughs> in <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Me too. Oh, oh, well hey, you know, I I will go between do I want them alphabetically? Do I want them chronologically? Chronologically had to win, right? Yeah,
3: absolutely. <laughs> well, no, that that is proper cataloging and shelving procedure. Yes. Are you sure yes. you didn't Thanks. miss your calling as a librarian?
4: <laughs> I am a woman of many talents. Yes,
1: you are. Well, that was cool you had access to all that stuff early on. Well, it's time to fire up the big TV set here at Zilch Headquarters. I've got the remote, and Jeff Hewlett, Melanie Mitchell, and Ghosty Timmers are all in their assigned areas, and they are ready to bring it to us. If you want to tee it up and follow along, watch the episode at home as they discuss Monkeys in the Ring. Are you guys ready?
3: Absolutely.
1: All right. Click. Click.
4: Wait a minute, guys. You know what?
1: It's seven thirty-six thirty 30 central time. It's time for the monkeys.
4: I wonder if anybody around here has got a television set.
1: Hi, friends. Ralph Williams, one of the world's largest. An island of peace on my stormy little planet of guts.
4: Holy cliffhangers,
0: Batman.
1: The monkeys, brought to you by Kellogg. Tonight's Monkey's Color Cast commentary is brought to you by the Red Maracas Emporium. Sure, we sell other instruments, but for some reason, our red maracas seem to get the most attention. Ask Boris for a deal on our $6 maracas. Now with Front Street Parking, or you can
2: use the parking in the rear. Just exit through the heart.
0: Guys, welcome to the color cast commentary for monkeys in the ring I am Jeff Hewlett and with me as always is monkey magic author Melanie Mitchell hello how are you I am very well it's New Year's Eve where I am how is it where you are it's New Year's Eve as well here I think we're in the same time zone are we not yeah this is true <laughs> <laughs> yes and I I just you know this isn't necessarily related to the color cast but I want to mention that uh, Melanie, and I got to meet up not long ago at that very cool book signing here in Bordentown, New Jersey. It was good to see you again.
2: At Randy Dow's Man Cave. Yes.
0: Yes. Fun little place. If you happen to be in New Jersey or around the area and, and can swing through Bordentown, stop and say hi to Randy. He's a good friend of the show. A nice guy. He runs a really cool little store down there. Definitely worth checking out. Very eclectic.
2: And I left two copies of Monkey Magic with him, so unless he sold them over the Christmas holiday, uh, you might be able to pick up a copy there.
0: There you go. There you go. It's more of an incentive to go there. There's a little zilch tie-in. And, and if you're going to stop by there, you know you can always uh, shoot me a note on the the Facebook group and let me know And if I'm in the area at the time. I live pretty close. I can always stop by and say hi to the zilch listeners if you're in the area. So i are looking forward to seeing more of you. So anyway, back to the color cast. And as always, we have some unfinished business from our previous color cast, which was Find the Monkeys, uh, a.k.a. The Audition. Hand it over to you, Melanie.
2: Oh, my God. Jeff, you asked a really hard question when we were doing Find the Monkeys. You asked me. Whether that was the episode that had more distinct characters in it than any other episode, and I of course told you that that was a horrible question and how dare you? <laughs> <I'm good laughs> but at in those. the in the intervening weeks, I um, put it out to the folks on the Monkey Magic Facebook group, and we talked about it there. Um, we came up with a whole bunch of possibilities, but I think the winner came from Greg Janover, who said to check out Monkeys in Manhattan. Hmm. Now, let me back up a little bit. Find the monkeys. the audition, had 21 distinct characters in it. That is to say, characters who had some kind of identity or business that they did. Hmm. That included the pretty girl who cured Peter of his hiccups. That include all of the foreign agents and all of the green giants and all of the Martians. Um, so 21 altogether distinct characters, but only eight of them had speaking parts. Uh-huh. So those were our targets, distinct characters and speaking parts. Monkeys in Manhattan only has 17 distinct characters. So it falls short of the 21 and find the monkeys, but monkeys in Manhattan had 12 speaking parts, huh. including the two millionaires and the rabbit breeder and the doctor and the hotel manager and so on and so on and so on. So slightly exceeded the number of speaking parts we we didn't find any that had more distinct characters yet but we were mostly focusing on first season so there's a chance we might come up with something in the second season that had more
0: okay,
2: okay so that's it for that question um the question that i posed about the superman costume and whether it might date from the george reeves era uh, charlie niemeyer uh, from the zilch facebook group came up with a photograph from a museum of two of the Superman costumes from that era. One of them was from the black and white era and the other one was for color. Um, The black and white costume was actually gray, brown, and white. Hmm. The red parts of the costume were brown. The yellow parts of the costume were white. So what we saw in the monkeys was not a George Reeves era black and white costume. However, the emblem on that costume did resemble the color emblem from the George Reeves era. So it's possible that they had an emblem from that era and just put it on a plain gray shirt. Hmm. Or it yeah. might have just been a fake altogether.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not but by it was, the costume department.
2: Yeah, but it was not a genuine Superman costume.
0: Okay, well that answers that question. I thank you for doing all that research and thanks everybody for um, answering my question that I had just kind of randomly come up with off the top of my head during (laughs) us watching that episode together. Very cool to see the community coming together for that.
2: Mm -hmm. All right. Coming back to the monkeys in the ring. This episode was the 20th episode in air date order, and it was uh, directed by James Frawley who directed half of the episodes. The writers are Gerald Gardner and Dee Caruso who were a partnership that also served as the show's script and story editors. Um, What's interesting here is that there is a very, very, very similar episode in a TV show called The Smothers Brothers Show. Hmm. Not the um, comedy variety show that we're all familiar with, but a sitcom that they did together before that, that had pretty much the exact same story with a great deal of the exact same dialogue. And it was written by De Caruso. So what we have here is a, somewhat of a recycled script. Hmm,
0: interesting. I would, I'd love to go on YouTube and see if that Smothers Brothers episode is up there.
2: I haven't found it yet.
0: Oh, uh, okay. I was thinking it, maybe the, we could include it in the show notes when we can <laughs> post the episode. But.
2: Well, if somebody knows where, it's, where it is, you know, be, feel free. The title was A Halo in the Ring, um, like an angel. I think yeah. one of the Smothers Brothers was an angel in that sitcom.
0: So... All right. So do we want to get into the cast? This one has quite a few people in it.
2: Um, I was going to start with Ned Glass, who played the part of Sholto. He was born in Poland in 1906 and probably best known as the kindly but exasperated candy store owner, Doc, in the film West Side Story, Uh, constantly trying to get the jets to uh, be civilized and stop their fighting ways. He appeared in guest roles in just about every TV show from the mid 50s to the early 80s. He had a regular role as Dr. Goodman on The Ben Casey Show. He was a landlord, Saul Cooper, on Julia, for which he was nominated for an Emmy. And he was Uncle Mo on Bridget Loves Bernie. Hmm, Never heard of that show. Oh, Bridget Loves Bernie? It was a. it was an interfaith marriage. A Catholic girl marries oh, a Jewish boy. Okay. It was um, Meredith Baxter Burney. Ah, all right. And I can't remember who played the groom,
1: gotcha. but I
2: remember that show. We're talking like, like 71, 72, something mm-hmm. like that. But it was kind of groundbreaking in that it, you know, we, we had lots of shows about a Jewish family or shows about a Catholic family. But this was a, a blended marriage and uh, – oh god now you're making me nostalgic
0: (laughs) well i hearing meredith baxter Vernon got me nostalgic for family ties so we're even (laughs) so uh next up in the cast is the character of vernon uh, played by actor joseph v perry born february 13th 1931 uh, probably best known for his role as the character nemo in everybody loves raymond which was a pretty popular sitcom here not long ago um he began acting very young. Uh, in 1952, this is an interesting tidbit, he was presented a Best Actor Award at UCLA by Marlon Brando, which is pretty cool. So um, he started his film career in 55 and spent the next 45 years in tons and tons of films and television shows across tons and tons of genres, and his first one being in the Twilight Zone. Uh, following that, he appeared on all of what Melanie and I always laugh about as being the, the usual catalog that everybody seems to have been on back in those days. Rawhide, Dr. Kildare, Bewitched, MASH, I Dream of Genie, Partridge Family, Mannix. But he also was on The Incredible Hulk, which I was a big fan of when I was a kid. Oh, He's, me too. I loved that show. He's on MacGyver, which I was also a big fan of. Uh, Cheers, Murder, She Wrote, and Seinfeld. All shows that, that I absolutely loved. And um, I guess yeah, his biggest break was uh, the role of Nemo, as I said before. And he started playing that role in 1998 and lasted until he passed away in the year 2000. And let's see. Next up is the champ. This is I love this character. I can't wait to get to him when we when we get to him in the episode very shortly here. Dervil Martin, born February 11th, 1939, uh, actor and director in both film and television, and uh, pretty much famously appeared in numerous 70s movies that are qual that. Or classified in the exploitation genre uh, mm-hmm. he also appeared in a couple of unaired pilots uh one that would become all in the family uh, he played the role of lionel jefferson um that actually wound up going to another actor when the show <clears throat> was put on the air later and i think it was mike evans got that role after that I'm pretty sure so he was born in new york And he began his career in the mid-60s, and he became a prominent recurring figure in a lot of the 60s TV shows. Some of them were in common with some of the previous and other actors we've had in other shows. He's been Ironside, Love American Style, Bill Cosby Show, Man from Uncle, Dr. Kildare, and lots and lots more. Um, And he's also very famous for directing the film Dolomite. So um, that is about it for Durville Martin. I noticed that he died very young. Yeah, he died in 1984. So, yeah, he's not, not very old. Uh, it was a heart attack. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was
2: working on my book, I, I looked up information about him and I was shocked to see that he had already passed away. But, you know, he does an amazing job in this episode. You know, he is it's such a wonderful blend of, of good natured friendship and, you know, absolute fury. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> the range of emotions that he shows. And it's just a couple of very brief scenes it's and also noticeable because this is one of only two roles in the entire series for black you know serious substantial roles i should say there are a few you know episodes that have really tiny roles for black characters but
1: um
2: this and the uh manservant thursday in monkeys marooned are the only substantial roles huh you're always good with these tidbits (laughs) i do my best who's up next well we have peter cannon uh, who has a very brief role as the bully in the opening c- scene of the fi- of the episode, would not be remarkable except that he also appeared in The Devil and Peter Tork playing the role of Billy the Kid. And something that's remarkable about that particular scene in The Devil and Peter Tork is there were three witnesses, and all of the actors who played witnesses in that trial also appeared in other episodes of The Monkees. Right. Interesting coincidence
0: there. That is. So I have one more addition here to go the, ahead the list the cast of characters and I, as i was doing some more research on this episode i came across this and i thought this was really great and the the guy who plays the ring announcer by the name of jimmy lennon senior he was an actual ring announcer who was uh, involved in of course boxing and wrestling but he also was i guess what was the go-to guy for being a ring announcer or a fight announcer on every show Oh, in the goodness. 60s and 70s. If you go to an IMDb <laughs> and you look at all of his credits, it's always some sort of an announcer in and, and uh-huh. tons and tons and tons of shows. And another thing that I really love about this, not only was he a, a ring announcer in, in the film Raging Bull, but I always love pointing out the Stallone connections. He was also a ring announcer in Rocky Three. Uh-huh. So uh, I, I love to point out all of our uh, our Stallone references because of the other show that uh, Craig Cohen and I do. So very cool to have a little Stallone tie in here with this episode.
2: Well, he does play that scene absolutely straight. I yes. mean, it, it's very believable. And I think the only thing that's notable about that is that in, when introducing the champ, you don't notice the fact that he never actually mentions the champ's name.
1: Oh. Oh, good call.
0: <laughs> I didn't notice that until you just said it. Very cool. I just wanted to throw that in there because I thought that was a really neat uh, mm-hmm. neat reference. So are you ready to begin our commentary? Sure. Um, I certainly am. All right. So we'll begin our commentary track for Monkeys in the Ring in three, two, one. All right. Do you find it odd that Davey and Peter are walking along the edge of a parking lot that has no sidewalk. Yeah, it is not their usual street
2: scene. In fact, this is that same Screen Gems building that we talked about in previous episodes. And if you look on the left edge of your screen for most of this uh, sequence, it's behind the bully for most of it. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll see the red Screen Gems logo and the word Screen Gems right below the logo. Oh there it is. Look at that. I also think it's funny that Davey reminds Peter that if he committed a crime, the police would be able to find him, which (laughs) it's like, what a strange thing to use as a reason not to drop the (laughs) stash
0: Yeah. And I love that he gives Peter cap about dropping the the shells, but Davey actually throws one over his shoulder here in a second after he eats one out of the bag. Here, watch this. Here he goes. He's going to suck it out. And there he goes. Yep. (laughs) He just threw it. Oh, Davey, you hypocrite.
2: I just love it when he's... The, when Shalto says he's a good boy, it's like, oh, can I have a cookie?
0: I <laughs> <laughs> wonder if that was ad-lib. You know, I wanted to ask you, I don't know if this is something that would be in your, your realm of knowledge, but I love that Shalto says "champine" when when he's when talking about Davy being the champ. Yeah, um, I, Was that like a thing? Is that supposed to be like a regional accent maybe? Because I, right. I remember my grandfather actually saying that, but saying yeah. it as a goof.
2: I don't know where it comes from, but it's vaguely familiar. Like I can imagine somebody saying the winner and the new champion. It just, it seems natural. It it does. Maybe it was a thing. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Point possibly. I just, I, I just have a distinct memory of my grandfather saying it as a joke. Because um, mm-hmm. he used to watch boxing quite a bit and uh, it, just something that he would say repeatedly here and there. So
2: well,
0: there's he's... a question for next time. Yeah, there we go. I do
2: know that, that um, boxing was on TV you know several times a week. It was a very, very popular spectator sport mm-hmm. uh, at the time. Yeah, and a for... commercial. Yeah, for anyone who's watching on the Blu-ray, we're watching a Kellogg's commercial right now, so
0: we're going to be a little bit behind you for the rest of the episode. Uh, Sorry. Thanks for pointing that out. I, uh, so I. Davey loves the turtlenecks in this episode, doesn't he?
2: hmm uh, I guess. I, I hadn't really noticed, but I suppose that's true. That's two in a row. Now, and... if we were watching the Smothers Brothers show, it would be Tommy Smothers who was talking about being asked to be a, a boxer. I haven't seen it, but... I'm told that the scripts are so very similar and it was Tommy Smothers who was the mm-hmm. prospective boxer in that episode. Cool. I, yeah. I don't, I don't I, really care for this scene about the, how great everything is in their apartment. It's, it's a, like
0: a awkward setup for an awkward joke kind it, of thing. It is, but I, it made me think of another question for you and uh-huh. our monkeys old listeners out there. Is their porch door always open? Does their porch door have glass? I don't know, but it looks like it's always <laughs> open. So I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm going to keep an eye on that in future episodes. It's
2: that great California sunshine, you know, yeah. they're catching the ocean breezes, I guess.
0: Yeah. You're talking about the door in the bay window, right? In the bay window. Yeah. There's yeah. a door on the left-hand side there mm-hmm. um, that just always appears to be open, but I'm going to keep an eye just to see. And you know, I, I, another question, and Mickey goes for the Italian father gag here. Why didn't he do a British accent? Why do not uh, he do the British father?
2: I, well, I, I would point out that Mickey actually
0: has an Italian father. Hmm. Good <laughs> I would have thought if he was trying to be pretending like he's Davy's father, Yeah. he would have gone I for suppose. the... Uh...
2: He was just doing a character. This is yeah. the monkey's bedroom. Is it really? This is, the, this is the bedroom set. You can see that sloped ceiling. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah. On the back wall with the two windows.
0: I was going to ask you about uh, the the set for this one and where this where this would have been. I didn't know if this was going to another one of these offices, uh, the studio. Or well, thanks for pointing that out. I had, I didn't recognize it at first. Yeah.
2: Anytime you see rough gray walls, you're probably
0: seeing part of the pad. Oh, oh, so and you know that means they must have really gone over and above to get all of these pictures of boxers to hang in there. There's an awful lot of them. Oh yeah. And newspaper clippings. There's one of Muhammad Ali in the background there,
1: mm-hmm. above
0: Davies, over Davies' head there. <laughs> Interesting stuff. So, how many Monkeys episodes, Melanie, have the, the mastermind with the dopey assistant? This seems well, like I, such an, uh, it happens all the time.
2: Well, it's an excellent, uh, efficient way of dealing with exposition. Um, In this very scene, we saw Sholto explain his plans to Vernon. So now we know what the plans are because he just explained them to Vernon. So the dopier the assistant, the more opportunities we have to hear the mastermind explain what the plans are so that we know what's going on. Vernon does a job very well because he's got this, you know, patter of repeating the last thing that's said to him. Clearly he knows how to do the... uh, evil, uh, sneaky stuff behind the scenes. In fact, he's probably done it before because now we see him jimmying the, uh, punching bag so that it'll, uh, fall off when Davey hits it. So
0: Vernon's in on it. He's not completely stupid. Oh, absolutely. And one has to wonder how many times they've pulled this con off in the past. If if they're so well versed at it and wouldn't, wouldn't some of the other boxers and promoters be a little uh, wary? Of Shalto, you'd, if he's got so many fighters that do so well and then lose, <laughs> you'd think so.
2: And clearly, Smasher is part of the uh, the in ring because he knows to uh, fall down or react
0: when Davy touches him. Yeah, I, I loved. I love this guy. He does such a good job at playing a, the the dopey fighter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, really, really good job. And I, I love Mickey in this scene. This is so great. This is such classic Mickey Dolan's right here.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although he very clearly didn't came nowhere near the of Smasher's course.
0: face. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the gut punch was much better. That looked it pretty was. convincing. And it mm-hmm. was good for the headshot too. That's, that's a great job.
2: And the way the Smasher just stares at him is funny. <laughs> <laughs> now I have a problem with this scene in that um, when it, oh, what's closest to my heart, your lungs, all three of them, that's funny.
0: Yeah, it's a good gag. But, but I happen they, to notice the... Um, he's going to pull the robe out here in a second. And the robe is actually a real Everlast robe. It's not a uh, not like a fake studio prop. It's a real thing. Yeah, I wonder the, it was. The trunks are Everlast, too. There's mm. a logo on them.
2: Probably just something they have in the costume department, though. I mean, there were a lot of boxing movies
0: and so forth. But I guess they had to make the, the, the back part of it with the Dynamite Davy Jones custom yeah for the episode
2: didn't the, do a very good job matching now in this scene Peter is playing the banjo this is the first time we've seen his banjo on the show and he's playing
0: yesu joy of man's desiring in the background nice and, i love that they have that in there too it's, it's it just goes to show that you know people oh, back in those days were always jumping on the monkeys for not playing anything are not <laughs> playing their own music but well, there's peter obviously playing he knows what he's doing I,
2: and when Mike mentioned that
0: evil hotel,
2: Peter started strumming minor chords to accompany <laughs> the description of the hotel.
0: It's, nice ad it's really lived. quite
2: clever. Yeah. I have to say, I wasn't happy about all the smoking in this episode in this particular. I'm a big squick about cigars and having this guy puffing on his cigar while he's talking. It just bugs me.
0: Yeah. Right here. uh, and here's a, there's a sign in the background there, too, that I, I, you catch a little bit of here, but you see a little bit more of, of later. That uh, was a, a promo for Hannah versus Peabody, but I couldn't find any more information. There it is. I couldn't uh-huh. find any more information about what what that fight was or, or when it occurred.
2: Now, these sequences that you see three times in this um, romp of Davy on the uh, punching bag, uh, it, it really, he stops being cute, and mm-hmm. you can really see the fighter and... I totally believe that Davey could be a boxer. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah despite I, I, moments like this.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, a couple questions for you uh-huh. on this one. How many, I mean, this, this kind of qualifies as a romp. So, yeah. how many romps only feature a single monkey? Oh, um, alias Mickey
2: Dolan's, the uh, romp in the bar where everyone's beating up on each other hmm here's one of those sequences with the punching bag yeah, that's also point. in the shadow boxing bits i think the shadow is peter that's what i was gonna say
0: i was gonna say i wonder who played him i, I was thinking it's, it, it kind of looks like peter in the last sequence in the last mm-hmm. shot it, it made me think of peter
2: yeah uh, the one where the he knocks the, his shadow out yeah the way the hair flies away that's very much looks like peter yeah. and he's slightly taller than than davy i think he he was just behind the screen
0: and this is actually clearly a different mix of laugh uh, than the one that's on the album. The vocals mm-hmm. in this one are much clear, well, sound much clearer to my ear and uh, seem a little bit more in the front of the mix.
2: It's a good choice for this scene because the, the bouts he has with those three fighters are so absurd that... Uh, you know, it, it fits yeah. the idea of laugh. And this is from the case of the missing Monkey. I don't know why they didn't use this clip in that episode. It's wonderful yeah. of Davy on that exercise bike.
0: Uh, I, lo- I love the uh, Vernon jumping in there as the punching bag. And that's what made me think of Peter, just the way the hair yeah. flopped. And it, looked like, it almost looks like a Peter fall
2: mm-hmm.
0: to me. But a lot of people fall in this episode. Yeah. Is this the most no, people down in No, I'm not going to go episode?
2: find out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to me.
0: <laughs> oh, well, sick the zilch nation on it. You guys figure it out. This, does this monkey's episode feature the most amount of falls? <laughs> uh, another so here, another great scene.
2: So here we have a room full of reporters who are going to interview Davey about his perspective Fight against the champ. What I don't understand is why Davey is so cocky. He knows he didn't land a punch in any of those fights.
0: No, exactly. But I think he's just getting into the role there. I think he's just starting to become that uh, that you know the prima donna fighter. I think it's going to his head. And I love that fourth wall break right there, where he makes the joke about the Revolutionary War, and he says, "No, I don't want any letters on that." Yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> brilliant stuff i i there's another little fourth wall break with mike coming up in a short bit but it's not as blatant uh-huh. as that one and you know how much i love my fourth wall breaks so a lot of good gags though from davy i love the pipe gag there
2: that's mm-hmm. a good one he's so yeah. physical
0: in this though
2: he is he's the athlete of the four of them God, now he, all of a sudden we have a phone appear. this this is something that happened also in the episode too many girls where those three just happened to be standing where, when the phone rang and took a call that gave away the whole story. Oh, yeah. uh, the last time it was Mr. Hack calling about the amateur hour. Plot uh,
0: convenience.
2: Very convenient, yes. It's also the third time in this um, episode where they've called Sholto Shylock, which oh. made me a little uncomfortable because that's a reference, of course, to the Merchant of Venice with, you know, the idea of the extremely dishonest Jewish character. Uh. And we're never told that Sholto is Jewish, but by calling him Shylock, they're kind of tagging that on him.
0: Gotcha.
2: A little uncomfortable with that. There goes another
0: There he is. Ball. Everybody's trained yeah. to do that. Everybody's right. trained <laughs> to
2: do that. But ironically, <laughs> Davey is the one who really does have a glass jaw, because when somebody hits him on the jaw, you actually
0: hear the sound of glass breaking. <laughs> uh turtleneck sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sweatshop yeah. shirts in this. I wonder if those were uh, custom made for this, or they were something they had laying around in wardrobe to another production. I
2: don't know if that was as significant as Everlast or something. I love the sequence with the ropes. Oh, I do too. oh my god, this is genius. Yes. And I don't know how much of this is Mike and Mickey, and how much of this is Frawley, and how much of this is just luck. But my god, how many different ways can they fall in on
0: around those ropes? I don't it's know. just wonderful. It, yeah, it was so well done. It, I wanted to believe it was all ad-libbed by the two of them. but And here we go with our rhyming champ, which to me feels like a real nod to Muhammad Ali. Oh,
2: yes. This is absolutely a, a Muhammad Ali reference. Um, so it's wonderful that they do that. He's, he's funny, but at the same time, he's got a great dignity to him. He does. Which I just love the fact that he's he's so friendly and engaging. And then when he figures out that he's being cheated, and it was very clever of him. Mm. The minute he hears, him you will know, play the guitar again,
0: the penny drops and he's like, oh, you're Jones's
2: musician friends. He's smart.
0: Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> going to point that out. And I love the fact that the champ is really smart, but all the other boxers they have in this episode are the dopey variety. Yeah. But the champ is the, champ is the smarter one. So uh, I, I love that he figures this out.
2: Uh, By the yeah. way, that that steps that uh, Peter just came down show that this is the same set they used for the basement lab in I Was a Teenage Monster. And I went back and looked at some some pictures of those two, and that wall behind them, it's kind of covered up in Teenage Monster, but you
0: can see the resemblance. It's the same. I was totally going to ask you about this gym set. Yeah. if they actually went to a real gym or if this was a set. Yeah, so it's just, just part answered. of their soundstage. You just answered it for me. Mm-hmm. I love it. Is that a bed sheet that Peter's using to hold his arm up? I don't know. It looks like a bedsheet. It might be a little small. Maybe it's not. But boy, he is angry now. Yeah. And of course, Vernon overhears the whole thing. So now mm-hmm. we have to hatch a whole new plan. Right. To, to keep Davey from uh, winning the fight by accident.
2: Yeah, it's a nice little gag there they have with the bell. It it helps to reset Vernon's head when he gets into a space that he can't find his way out of. You ring the bell and suddenly he's working again.
0: Yeah, and I I love that it gives us a, uh, a little glimpse into what Vernon may have been in his past. Before he actually reveals that he was a fighter, we can just kind of figure out that he was a fighter because the bell snaps him back to reality. You know? Yeah, well, he was, he was doing the shadow boxing
2: with the imaginary
0: uh, punching bag earlier yeah. uh,
2: when he was doing puppet to puppet to puppet to puppet to puppet That was a, a hint, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's absolutely great in this. I've I laughed at a lot of his, his gags. Yeah. So $10,000 not... was a lot of money back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, now yeah, it's like you know, to drop in the bucket. Look at the way they wrap Davey's hands. It looks like they actually did it right. Like he actually well, was going to put boxing gloves on and and have a real fight, they probably found somebody
2: who knew what they were doing. Yeah. Also noticed that he's not wearing his green dynamite Davy Jones that, yeah. robe
0: anymore. I wonder what happened to that I don't know i like the I like the lavender. it's a good color it is I wonder <laughs> if these were were these shot out of sequence maybe maybe they didn't have that robe. maybe this I, was shot earlier or
2: I have no idea.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
2: Oh, I, I didn't mention this earlier. Um, when the monkeys figured out that the, the fights had been fixed, hmm. um, Mike talks to Davey right there in Sholta's office with all those reporters standing around and tells him, you know, the, the fights were fixed. It's like he oh, got yeah. five reporters in the room. Shut up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody heard him. <laughs> this is a great scene. I, I love the rhyming that the champ does with this water yeah. glass. It's so good. Mm-hmm great actor and now we yeah. get the flip so the the champ has has ingested the sleeping pill that was meant for davy
2: i think if that scene is what made me fall in love with the champ what made me fall in love with durville martin is later when the sleeping pill kicks in and he's trying to fight and not fall asleep at the same time yeah. oh look here's vernon with a gun and the monkeys get
0: kidnapped again
2: yeah stuck in their own apartment again again here's the,
0: the fighter <laughs> announcer you liked so much there he is and yeah. that's what made me look him up because i was when i watched this a couple of times to do my notes for this and he just seemed like he was so good at that I'm like let me just go look him up and see <laughs> because he seems like he's a real announcer because I, you know there's remember that guy michael buffer who was a ring announcer he always appears in movies and tv shows uh you know so i, I guess uh when they need these types of people, they go and find the real ones to make it the most convincing. There he is yawning, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think he does a great job convincing us that he's actually sleepy. Now, here's something a lot of our viewers won't remember is trying to get the contrast
2: and the horizontal hold on your little oh, portable yeah. TV set just right. Ironically, when we actually see the image on the TV, it is so sharp and clear. It it's is. like there- Nothing wrong with the contrast or the horizontal hold on that TV set. <laughs> Where do they keep that TV in the pad? I don't know. Um, we see it or something much like it um, in monkeys get out more dirt when they're watching the the psychologist, and uh, they might have used the same one in Too Many Girls for uh, the railroad. What was that called? Iron Horse.
0: Yeah, I wonder. If okay, maybe
2: they... go ahead. There's a joke there when they put the mouth guard in. And so he patted Davy on his back, and he swallowed. I'm not sure if we're supposed to think that he swallowed his mouth guard. That, I was
0: wondering that myself. Because they do it, it twice. Again later. Yeah. yeah,
2: they do it twice. And later on, when Davy says, don't do that, we get to see all of his beautiful teeth. So clearly, oh, he doesn't have his mouth guard in either. Oh. <laughs> but well, I do see it from time to time. You know, when Davy's got his mouth open, I can see he's got his mouth guard in, so...
0: Must have been a, a, a different a bunch of sequence of shots and things okay, edited there. together. I, I love the high angle that we have on some of these ring shots. Yeah, and
2: clearly the announcer realizes that this is a horrible example of a fight, but he's trying to make it exciting for the people listening on the radio.
0: Yeah, the audience is booing.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so there's a Humphrey Bogart poster. Uh-huh. There behind Vernon at the monkey's pad, and it is a poster for the movie Knock on Any Door. Uh huh. Just in case it's hard to read, it was a little bit muddy. Uh, it's probably cleaned up a little on the Blu Ray. It's so probably easier to see it. But um, mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of neat. And there's a, there's actually Humphrey Bogart's on the poster, but you couldn't see him because Vernon's head was in the way. Uh huh. Yeah. So okay. I I love this brilliant questioning by Mike about Vernon and his, his his career. And then he kind of twists it into insulting Vernon's age. And they all jump in on it and how Vernon can't possibly, uh, he can't fight like he used to fight anymore. And nice way to distract what, him into freeing them.
2: Why did Vernon come up with three pairs of
0: handcuffs? That's a good question too. Hmm. maybe he stopped at the handcuff store on the way. Oh, of course, what was I thinking? There's another mouth guard joke. I love how Shalto knows exactly when the pill will wear off, too. He's like, yeah, going right. to wear off by the fourth round. How does he know
2: that? Because he's done it before. Oh. <laughs> and they just happen to have two pairs of boxing gloves and a little stool in their pad, or they magic them up.
0: And, and Mickey has to have a towel around his neck because he's the corner and that, man.
2: And that door that is sometimes a bathroom and sometimes an exit to the backyard is now a closet again.
0: With a number door, four next to it.
2: Yeah, that door changes identity several times during the series. And Peter was watching the news. Oh, Davy took some punches to the face there. Oh, yeah. This is, there's a lot of pre-echo of what's going to happen in head in this, in these scenes.
0: Yeah. But, yeah uh, I love, there's the mouthpiece. You can could, you could see it in that shot where Davy held his hands up. Yeah. I love this whole crawling around on the floor thing. Very monkeys-esque. Oh, very much so. But you know...
2: The champ is clearly, don't do that. See all his beautiful teeth. <laughs> um, the champ is clearly angry and fighting hard. And what I can't understand is what happens to him at the end of the episode. Yeah, because I... when we get to the end of the romp and Peter declares the monkeys, the winners, it's like, where did the champ go? He's awake now. He is the featherweight boxing champion of the world. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He should be punching everybody in sight. Yeah. And he just disappears,
0: which disappoints me a little. Yeah. You know what else confuses me? How does the what? ring announcer uh, or the, the 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 fight announcer know Mike Nesmith's name? Yeah. He's like, Mike Nesmith is in the ring. <laughs> uh, I love that. So this is, that was a great little sequence. You know, this confused me, though, when I was a kid um, because of this version of I'll Be Back Upon My Feet. Confused me because it wasn't the version that I had heard on the birds the bees and the monkeys i didn't realize that you know they had re-recorded it later on not until i started to get really heavy into my monkeys collecting and things that i start to understand those types of things i started reading books and stuff and understood that that you know this was actually a completely different version of the song a much earlier version so that was kind of cool though that, that was one of those mysteries that made me like the monkeys even more I just
2: noticed that the champ took a swing at the uh, umpire, or the referee, sorry. God, I, clearly I'm not a boxing fan. I think they took this joke too far. Oh, too with the freeze many, frames? Yeah. Yeah, too many people sitting on each other's laps. It just got old.
0: Yeah, it did. And I, I was kind of wondering about the whole, the freeze framing of each one. Um, yeah. And what, what the what the thought process was behind that. Or was it just kind of like a, you know, let's just do a, a fancy effect for the romp, uh, just because we're wacky and, Yep. Yeah, and now I Peter's the ring announcer.
2: Yeah, this has never been one of my favorite romps. I've I, It does what it needs to do. It is definitely plot related, but it just, it, it's,
0: I don't know. I'm just not a fu- boxing fan, I guess. Yeah, well, it, it's it. I think it's a very confined space. And I think the, the, the best romps are where they're out in a bigger open space or they're in multiple different places. And it, the romp just kind of goes all over. This They're all just in the ring running around. You know, bumping into each other and yeah. sitting on laps. and So here we got our resolution. Davey's kind of resolved to the fact that he's not a great fighter, but the guys are cheering him on anyway. Tell yeah. him how great he is.
2: And then one work last jaw joke.
0: Yeah, Davey manages to knock himself out. Don't they usually do the national anthem before the fight?
2: I don't know if they do national anthems to the fights at all. I did notice that. Mike Nesmith had a very proper looking salute, but then he's the only one of the four of them who's actually served in the
0: military. Ah, good call. Good call. So, the, so he would, go ahead. So the he end, would know how to do it. Yeah. All right. So the end credits are running and mm-hmm. it is getting time to do our most valuable monkey votes. Uh, unless you have anything else you want to add about the episode before we do that, Melanie?
2: Well, there's one thing I wanted to point out and that is that there was a moment in the, uh, just before the fight, when oh. Davey was talking to the reporters, and he quoted that old, hung, uh, not Hungarian, Yugoslavian philosopher, Hobarever, sober or whatever. And that was some, I'm sure, recognize that as being part of the song No Time. But of course, No Time hadn't been written yet, much less recorded. Hmm. Um, it is believed that the lines or those nonsense words come from a comedy routine by Bill Cosby. In nineteen sixty three called a nut in every car, huh. so I thought it'd be cool for us to listen to a little bit of that routine and and hear what it is they based that on
0: hmm. yeah I don't recall I've heard a lot of Bill Cosby routines, but I don't know if I've ever heard that one.
2: well basically is describing what it's like to ride the subway in new york city oh, okay and, and how you know every stop crazy people get on and crazy people get off, and it's gotcha. kind of like street theater all right. In the okay. last section of the ride, he's describing a conversation between two winos and how, you know, the
0: sounds that they're making to each other don't make any sense at all. Hmm. I'll have to go look that up. I wonder if maybe that's on YouTube. And we can link that in. We'll go look that up.
1: Uh, well, I
2: think I think we should play a p- I actually have found it. I think we should oh, play a you? piece of it. Play a piece of it right
0: now. OK, let's do that.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, I talked to him after the show was over. And I said, I think you guys are really great. Uh, where do you go from here? And he said, well, one by one, they take us over to the Greyhound bus station and they let us announce where the buses are going. <laughs> See, what they do is they get the guys all juiced up. You know, it's uh, bus leaving on station number seven for Rebersack, Harvard, Sober, Sack, and <laughs> North Highway.
0: Scene. <sighs> All right. So back to our most valuable monkey votes. So this is the first time in the history of Zilch that we've put out a call to our Zilch audience for their uh, most valuable monkey votes before we actually do the recording. So we have in our hot little hands right now, a long list of people who've weighed in with their most valuable monkeys votes. Melanie, do you want to help me read through all of these wonderful names? Sure.
2: We've had 22 people weigh in so far, and I don't think it's going to surprise very many to know that the uh, voting is not even close. Of the 22 people who have voted so far, 20 of them all voted for Davey. Hmm. And they are Ken Mills, Mark Stewart, Melinda Gildart, Jane Knight, who said... Davy did the work. He really trained hard and put his all into every fight.
0: Christine Wolfe, Pete Blatchford. And let's see, Paula Brinkman, who says, Mr. Glassjaw suddenly decides he can take on the champ. I think of this episode when watching Head and Davy is picking out his boxing opponent. Uh, let's see, We also have Carolee Burge Cohen, Richard Morales, Michael Rice, Charlie Niemeyer, and Diana Waldrop. Burns votes for shirtless Davey
2: Audrey Zelenko also voted for Davey as did David Ghosty Willis nice. and Michelle Taylor said his athleticism never ceases to amaze
0: me <laughs> and let's see a few more votes for Davey here we've got uh, Opalina Salas Dana Smith Joni Griffin Pamela Bartle and Joyce Masterangelo. So that's the 20 people who voted for Davey so far before
2: we even recorded this color cast commentary. But we did have two votes for Mike Nesmith. Uh, Debbie Lang voted for Mike, as did Brian Harwell, who said, because Mike was the one who found out about the fights being fixed, thus enabling the monkeys to save Davey from himself.
0: Hmm. Interesting, interesting. So it, it's very lopsided. So 20 for Davey, two for Mike. And I think we're going to cast two more right now, you and I. So if you mm-hmm. care to go first.
2: I'm voting for Davy because of his athleticism. The scene in the training romp where he's working on that punching bag is one that I celebrated in my book. And it never ceases to remind me that uh, he really was a fighter.
0: Interesting. Very cool. So that's 21 for Davy and two for Mike. And so this vote for me is kind of a tough choice. Um, I can see voting for Mike and I can definitely see voting for Davey uh, for a lot of the reasons that you guys have already said, of course, for his phys- the physicality and the athleticism. But my my head-scratcher on this one is, uh, you know, how do, I, how do I cast my vote? Do I vote on the character's contribution to the actual storyline or to the actor's physical abilities? Uh, I, you know, historically thinking back on my, my votes, I've always voted for the character who I thought had the best contribution to the story. And if I'm going to keep with that tradition, I'm going to have to vote for Mike Nesmith because if it wasn't for him and his spontaneous plan to escape from Vernon and get the guys down to the uh, the boxing match, Davey may have taken a heck of a pounding uh, by the, at the hands of the champ and the villains would have won. So I'm going to have to say Mike... Just because of that. Uh, because I think he had the bet, the most impact on the outcome of the story.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So if you haven't already cast your vote, as always, we will ask you guys out there in listener land to jump on the Facebook group and cast your votes. Uh, Melanie will, will likely put out the call for that when this episode goes live. And you can contribute. And Melanie keeps the official tab on who the actual MVM goes to. I'm sure this one will wind up being Davey. Uh, so I've uh, thrown my vote away, essentially, but that's okay. <laughs> well, he's got quite a head start, but yeah. that
2: doesn't mean people can't can't uh, swing it the other way. Incidentally, I've been keeping these tallies since the very beginning. We're now 20 episodes in. Amazing. Davey's out in front overall. Wow. Mickey in second place. Mike in third place, and Peter's bringing up the oh, rear. But there are a couple episodes that are really close, hmm. including I Was a Teenage Monster, where only one vote separates uh, Mickey from Peter on that episode. Hmm. So you can always go back and vote for previous episodes,
0: too. Yes, yes, definitely. And that's something to look forward to when we finally get done with all of our color. I can't believe we're 20 episodes in already. But when we finally get done with all of these, Melanie will have all the grand totals and we'll see overall for the entire series who the most valuable monkey was.
2: Well, it's been two and a half years and we still have 38 episodes to go.
0: Well, hey, you know, (laughs) there's always something to look forward to, you know well we've got plenty more color cast commentaries coming to you as melanie just said and plenty more great episodes of zilch so Yay. that brings us to the end of monkeys in the ring and we'll be back again soon with another color cast commentary and uh, melanie anything you want to say in closing before we sign off
2: uh well by the time people hear this we will already be a week or two into the new year but happy new year everybody it's still 2016 where i am and I hope
0: 2017 will be a good year for all of us. I hope so, too. And thank you, everybody, for listening, as always, and for participating in our pre-recording vote on this episode. I think this may become a tradition, so uh, keep your eyes peeled to the Facebook group for more calls for votes. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye! So all those fights were fixed. Oh, well, that's okay. I mean, you know, maybe you've a great boxer. But you're gentle and you're kind and you're sincere. Yeah, that's right, babe. Yeah. What's more, you're a good friend and a great musician and a great man. Ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you for tuning in to tonight's Monkeys Colorcast. I'm your announcer, Ghosty Timbers. Now, back to the show.
4: Hi, fellow Zilch fans. This is Dr. Roseanne Welch, author of Why the Monkeys Matter. Teenagers, Television, and American Pop Culture. A book about the enduring significance of The Monkees as a groundbreaking television program. One that introduced audiences to new ideas of political ideology and new concepts of class and feminist theory. A program that challenged the rules of a new medium and paved the way for future innovation. Why the Monkees Matter highlights the artistic achievements of the show's writers, actors, directors, and other artists and celebrates all that The Monkees mean to television, to American popular culture and to us, the fans. Why the Monkeys Matter is available in print and for Kindle, Apple iBooks, and Nook from your favorite bookseller. Find out more at R-O-S-A-N-N-E-W-E-L-C-H R O S A N N E W E L C H.com.
1: Thank you to Jeff Hewlett, Melanie Mitchell, and Ghosty Timmers for another fantastic Monkeys Color Cast commentary. And, of course, we want to encourage folks to vote for their MVM, which stands for Most Valuable Monkey. But let us know on Facebook in the show notes for this episode. Let us know, send us an email, or tweet us even. We'll we'll collect votes there, right?
4: Absolutely, at ZilchCast.
1: At ZilchCast. So, let us know who your most valuable monkey for the episode Monkeys in the Ring is. So, until next time... Thank you for listening, and we will see you on the next episode of Zilch, a podcast full of monkeys. Say bye. Bye. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. 2017, the year of the monkeys to electric boogaloo. And that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio Fancy made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Burke. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around.
0: <laughs> Don't, now. Now, really, everybody cool it, because i won't be able to get through this.
1: And uh, believe it or not, we saw someone post a monkey shower curtain, a good time shower curtain. A
4: good time. Curtain. I not Want to have good times yeah. in the. Sh- no, don't edit, edit no. that out,
1: please. Don't family show.
3: Family show. Yes.
1: Rubber ducky, you're the one. Yeah, I'm. A, you I, are I,
4: did you say rubber monkey? You're the one. No, but
1: I could have rubber <laughs> monkey. You're the one. There's another yes. merchandise idea.
4: You are Ernie.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Hey, oh, Bert. Hey, oh, Bert.
3: I'm probably Bert in this situation. Oh, it's good to be recording again.
1: Yep. Alright, time to get serious. So, did you see that uh, graphic someone posted? I think Luba Binga posted. He played banjo, and the next thing I knew, I was naked. Yes. He played banjo, and the next thing I knew, I was naked.
3: <laughs> oh my. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be one of those. It's <laughs> always one of those. Oh dear God,
4: tell me he's not recording already.
3: I oh. am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always record as a backup. <laughs>